The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. For the past 20 years, you've enjoyed the refreshing tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. So in celebration of this milestone, we're bringing Baja Blast in stores nationwide. And for a limited time with every purchase of Baja Blast, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. 2024 is the year of Baja Blast. In stores now. No purchase necessary. Open to U.S. residents 18 plus. Subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com and 615.24. Void where prohibited. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Thursday, November 4th. And what's going on, Mark? I, I'm, I'm kind of in the best mood because I just booked my first flight that was for a fun thing. And uh, you know what I had to do? I had an old flight, a COVID flight. I had a big credit. And when I went to rebook, they're like, oh, um, that's that uh, actually expired. So I said, well, what do you mean? Um, it says on the website that, you know, there's accommodations made. And they said, oh, you know, it's a one year. You had a year to use it. I said, so wait, the ticket was issued in February of 2020. So you're suggesting that I would use this in February of 2021 before I was inoculated when basically most international travel was shut down and COVID was raging. So there was like a pause. Well, let me see if I can get a waiver for you. And so I said, I would so appreciate that. Come back. And they're like, well, we're willing to extend it for another year. So you you can use it. I mean, it was thousands of dollars, actually. So I was very pleased to be able to do it. I booked the trip. I'm in a great mood. I feel fantastic. It's not going to interrupt the show at all, Mark. I'm heading back to London, by the way which is like home away from home because we spent a long time there as a couple for, um, when was that? 2014, nine months there. So that was fun. But anyway, Mark wanted to be a buzzkill. But you know what, Mark? I feel like because I'm in a good mood, I can take the negative. So if you want to make a comment about the program, you can feel free to send us a note. Just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact button, and you can say whatever you want. So the question, the subject is, please, all caps, take some lower income calls. The message, hi, Jill and Mark. I listen every morning and thanks for all you do. Okay, that's nice so far. You ready for this part, Mark? I'm requesting that you please take some calls from people who truly need help with their finances. The vast majority of your callers are rocking it. Maybe that's your demographic and your focus. 
But I'd love to throw some reality in there. Some of these calls come off as a way to brag. (laughs) I don't think it's a way to brag, but I get it. And Kara's like, it's hard for me not to roll my eyes. I'd love to hear more about people who are behind financially and trying to set themselves on the right path. Balance the podcast out a bit. Thanks, Kara. What do you think about that, Mark? And you can leave your comments in for for everyone to hear. I don't agree with that. We do answer questions from people who don't have millions of dollars. On the other hand, these are the questions that hit the inbox. And these are the questions that we answer. It's not like we get emails from people who don't have millions of dollars. And I say, oh, no, 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 we're not putting that on the show. That's not how it works. We're answering the questions that we receive. Mark's getting a little riled up. I'm not as riled up. Look, if you've got a question, you want to get back on the right track, sure, we'd love to hear from you. Um, We've talked to people who have paid off their student loans. We've talked to, I think that a lot of people, here's the problem, Kara, as I see it. We have a very smart listening audience, like a very smart listening audience. And and I know that sounds kind of like smart, smart alecky on my part, but it's not like anyone listening who has, you know, been managing his or her financial life. It's not like those people don't understand that a million times over, we keep saying to people, here are your big three. Make sure you've got six to 12 months in your emergency reserve fund, pay down your credit card debt or your consumer loans or even your student loans, and at least put up to the match in your retirement account. Maybe we should be saying that more, but I think that we say that quite often in the response to many of our questions. So then what I do think happens is that people who have not covered those three big items tend to not call in because they know that's what I'm going to say. And that's what Mark's going to say. I don't know. I I would encourage you if you feel like you're having a really hard time. It's it's sort of a weird thing, right? Like, I don't want this to be like humble brag show. We created a show for people who had some problems with their financial lives or just any issue. I do think it's true, Kara, that when you listen to the program, it may sound like a lot of people are in sweet shape. On the other hand, I do finally come to the end of this by saying even people with money think they have problems. And if they're stuck doing something, then I'm happy to help and Mark's happy to help. So maybe it's just that the complexity issue, you know, if you don't have a lot of assets and you really don't know what to do, hear this, hear this for Kara, hear this for everyone. There are three guiding principles. Fund an emergency reserve fund, six to 12 months of your living expenses in a safe bank checking savings money market account. Two, pay down your credit card, auto loan, higher interest auto loan, student loans. And number three, fund your retirement to the best of your ability. You think that that's going to satisfy Kara? Uh, Perhaps, but you know, I I can't help that we have a very smart and informed audience. We do have a smart audience and we are, they are informed. And I think they listen very, um, I think it's great to be listening critically. It's also great to be active in your listening. So this is awesome. It's good that I'm in a good mode. Nicole says she began listening to the show during the pandemic and she says she's a big fan. My thoughts are almost always in line with the advice you give. Here's the question. Uh, Nicole says, given our retirement goals, should we invest in a 457 plan or use our brokerage account? Okay, here's the deal. She and her husband are both 45. She is a teacher. He works in IT. Combined, we make just under $200,000 a year. We live in Florida. We have a 15-year-old son. We're in a good place now. But because we both worked in the public sector for the majority of our careers, 
Our savings are not as high as I'd like them to be. Now they're saving 30% of their income. Wow. And they're working towards retirement goals. Okay. Our home is worth $275,000 with a $110,000 mortgage balance. 10 years left. Her 403B, $190,000. I max this out plus an additional $3,000 contribution that I'm eligible for. Hmm. His 401k. 250 grand, almost all traditional, but just switched all future contributions to Roth. That makes Mark happy. This is maxed out each year, plus employer match of 50% on the first 6%. They've got 80 grand in Roth IRAs, and they both put six grand a year. That's a lot of money they're saving. The brokerage account has $150,000. We currently add about $500 a month to this account. Three months of emergency savings with a thought that I'm not likely to lose my job and anything more we might need could come out of the brokerage account. Okay. The original intention was to use money from the Roth account to fund necessary expenses. Our son is pretty smart in dual enrollment and IB classes, so we hope he will start college with a good number of credits and receive some academic scholarships. We are now hoping we can just divert money from our cash flow to fund the difference so we can leave the Roth intact. I like that. The goal is to, quote unquote, retire at 55. All right, here we go. I'll reach my 30 years at 52 and will enter the state program for four years, at which time I'll receive a pension of about 25 to 30 grand a year, as well as about $150,000 from the investment in the DROP program. I wonder what that is. That must be their deferred comp. So this is a Florida state program called the Deferred Retirement Option Program, which is an alternative method for payment of retirement benefits for a specified and limited period if you're eligible under the Florida Retirement System Pension Plan. Okay, that sounds good to me. Very good. She'll also be eligible for insurance through the school district. The husband will receive a pension also. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So she says, I think I'm going to continue to work in some capacity after age 55, probably not full time. Hence, I believe we're working towards fine financial independence, new endeavor, not fire. Given that we live in Florida, our cost of living is low, no state income tax, low cost housing, no intention of staying here when we retire. (laughs) Almost anywhere we move could mean a higher cost of living. Current thought is Colorado. We want to save towards a home that we would build. This has been our goal for years. Okay. So Mark, knowing they want to do that, they're going to have to save a bunch of money for the next 10 years. The question is, should they put more money into the brokerage account or put money into the 457 plan? What do you think? Mark says, slam dunk, it's the brokerage. And I think that one of the things that's interesting is that yeah, you know, you've got a lot, you say you've got a late start, but you got pensions. That's great. So come on, we're, we're ready to get on board with this plan. Oh, by the way, the PS, we don't have our estate planning done. It's on the to-do list. We haven't completed it yet. I think we're going to head over to policygenius.com to get started. Policy Genius has been a sponsor of this show. And so has the CEO has been on the program. So very good. And then they sent us a photo of rescue dog, Susie. Oh my God. We fostered her during a hurricane five years ago. We couldn't bring ourselves to take her back. Being a foster failure is the best kind of failure there is. Is that dog cute, Mark? That's a nice one. What a sweetheart. Nicole, I feel very good about this. I think it's a good plan. Don't you, Mark? Yeah, two reasons. They're gonna, they want to build a home, so they're going to need cash. And she, she wants to downshift at 55, so she might need cash then. 
Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's exactly right. So um, I think that you can definitely use the um, the brokerage account. Oh, this is going to just kill Kara because she's going to be pissed about this. All right. Sorry, Kara, but it's interesting. I like interesting questions also. And usually it's just one of those things where some of the more interesting nuanced questions are usually when you make a lot of money and have choices. I get it. It's just interesting. Here's a question from John, who's been listening for most of this year and last, first heard us on Stacking Benjamins last year. We love that podcast. That's great. Uh, Okay. Question related to 529s. Oh, it's another Floridian question, which says, it's a sunshine state kind of day. So John and his wife are 43 and 41 years old. They live in Florida. They've got two kids who are 12 and nine. Last year, our combined modified adjusted gross income was about 375 grand. Okay, good. They are saving in all available tax advantage accounts. Retirement accounts total $2.7 million. Oh, that's kind of cool. Markets split between Roth and, and uh, pre-tax. They've got 350 grand in other brokerage accounts. They own their home. Let's see, a million dollar home, outstanding mortgage, 425 grand, no other debt. Currently, we have about $175,000 in 529 plans, mostly in equities. Okay, running calculators, understanding we won't qualify for need-based aid. It seems like each child might need, yeah, 250 to 350 grand for school. This is based on estimates for out-of-state public school tuition. No plan to personally fund four years at an Ivy League school at this time. Ha ha. <laughs> I don't know why that's a ha ha. <laughs> However, if either go in-state to a service academy or get other scholarships, smaller amount needed. You ready for this, Mark? Given the time horizon and risk-reward trade-offs, would you recommend for families like ours to continue plowing into the 529s, leaving remaining funds for grad school or grandkids, or pull back and increase funding to our brokerage accounts? Any feedback would be great. I don't know anything about these kids, and maybe we don't know enough anyway, 12 and 9, but would you keep putting money in 529s at this point? They're about halfway because they needed, he says, between 250 and 350 for both. He says each child. I don't think that that's right. What do you think? More 529 or brokerage? Based on what I read, I, I don't think this couple has any cash flow issues based on what they're saving. I, I would keep doing it. I think so, too. I mean, one of the things that we would look at would be what are the alternatives, right? Let's say that you keep putting some money in these 529s. I mean, obviously, you've got great cash flow and you keep doing it. Um, And maybe you don't think you want to fund four years at an Ivy League school. But the other part of it is that maybe you would want to fund graduate school if that came up. So I would keep doing it. And mostly because the 529 plan is just it's a better way to invest. You know, we can't do better than tax free. Right. So I would keep using it. I guess the only difference of opinion on this would occur if we find something out about your kids, that if it really does look like, you know, maybe uh, later on, maybe a few years from now, you say, yeah, you know what? My kid's really going to a school that is a Florida state school. It'll be way cheaper. Okay. Then pull back. But I don't know. I think it's worthwhile doing it. It's a great, great ability to essentially fund with, it's like the Roth for education. So I think it's worth doing. I encourage you to do so. If you've got a question or a comment, 
please go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click on the contact button. If you're just starting out, if you need some help, if you need something that really goes beyond covering those big three, let us know. And and any question, or if you need a little nudge, we're happy to nudge you a little, you know, to, to get you on that path. So we don't care how much money you have. Give us a holler and we would very much appreciate it. Okay, what else are we going to appreciate? We'll appreciate if you sign up for our free weekly newsletter. We need 3,000 more people before the end of the year to reach a milestone. And also leave us a rating and review. We like to get those ratings and reviews. Please, please, please lift somebody up today. It will make that person feel good. It will make you feel good. It really will. Grit, growth, grace, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.